Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. Next few minutes, I want to talk to you just simply about what will you do about the baby in the manger? This is the one crucial moment in all of history that by its very act, it asks the question, what will you do? God is saying, here's what I've done. What will you do? Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Would you stretch your hands this way and pray with me and for me? Father, I know you have a heart to share with us this morning. And I would do my best to get out of the way that you might be able to do that. Holy Spirit, you're the one, you're the only one that can guide us into truth. I release you to do that. Speak to every heart here this morning. Capture us, Father. And I thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I, I know that we are in a cultural war about making sure that Christmas doesn't get defined by something that it's not. And so there are Jesus is the reason for the season. Stickers and posters and posts on Facebook. And I'm, I'm, I'm fine with, with, with that, but I also know that if we're not careful, we will lose heaven's perspective on the reason for the season. And, and here is the lost message. It's not what I'm preaching today, but here's the lost message. The reason for the season is not Jesus, it's our relationship with God. Jesus is not the reason, he's the answer. At my birthday party, I get the gifts. It's just the way it works. Oh, don't look at me that way. Your birthday party, you get the gift, right? Nobody shows up at your birthday party, and when it comes time to open the gifts, opens the gift they brought and gives it to themselves. Isaiah looking forward to whatever day it was on the calendar that Jesus would be born 
He said, that gift is for us. There are sometimes gifts are given, they're gifts of need. You know what I mean. You, you end up getting a microwave. A toaster. A Peloton. <laughs> gifts of need. How many know what I'm talking about? And then there are gifts that you don't need, but the intention was to send a message that you're loved. Amen? You don't really need that, but it, it sends a message that somebody cares about me. Jesus Christ is a gift that is both of those. It's a gift that God gives us because he loves us, and it's a gift because we need him. And when we look at that singular event from two different perspectives, it takes on a different meaning. When we look at that event from the perspective of heaven, what an incredible day. I'm sure the angels didn't understand. I'm sure that there's no way they could get their head around the idea that God was going to take the best part of himself, his only begotten son, and put him on this earth. And from heaven's perspective, that moment in time was monumental. They had never been separated in all of, hum in all of history. The Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit had always been together. They were always joined. And then there was going to come this moment in time when God the Son was going to be imparted into a human being and that baby become both man and God. Angels wanted to fill the skies. The, there was a star placed in heaven. Can you imagine? I could just, I, I, I've been to weddings here just recently, you know, when, when, when the bride comes in, everybody stands and, and the attention is on the bride. I'll never forget, my wife and I had a very humble wedding. And when you have wedding on Tuesday night, they tend to be humble, you know, and... We had a very humble wedding, but, but in my heart, in, in, from my perspective, when, when she walked in the door, all of the rest of the world quit existing. It was like, wow. And I have no doubt in that moment in time when, when the heart of God was in the form of Jesus, the only begotten Son, was taken from this planet, from, from the heart of God and put on this planet, I'm, I'm sure that all of heaven was like, if they breathed, they had a hard time catching their breath. What an audacious thing to do. I remember when my wife and I came home from the hospital with our first child. It was like, he was like so small. 
and breakable. And David, I held him in my arms as we, we loaded him in the car, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I wanted to take the hospital with me just in case. I mean, know, know the feeling anyhow? Just really, people, do we have to check in with you every hour? What do I do here? And he, we brought him home, and he was a colicky baby. So the next day, I want to take him back. He's broken. And then I almost broke him. I don't know how old he was, two or three months old, and my, my poor wife had to deal with a colicky baby. That can wear you out. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And she needed a nap, so... I'll take him out. We'll go, we'll go walk around the mall. We got the, the stroller thing. I can handle this. I can handle it. I didn't tell her this story till he was like 18. Even then, it was a little close. We went to the mall. We had a good time. I pushed him around. He did this, you know. I even changed the diaper. Come on, people. I deserve something for that. Seriously, I'm still affected. I wheeled him out to the car. I got him out of his stroller. I, I put his little bump on my arm and got ready to put him in the car seat and the door's locked in the car. And so he's laying against my chest just fine. And so I carefully reach into my pocket so I can get the key to unlock the door. And all of a sudden he decides, now's a good time to throw my head backwards. And you know, their head's big and heavy. And he does that, and he starts to go over. So my hand's got keys in it, and so all I can do is lock his little legs in my arm, and he flops down, and I flop him back up again. He's like, what in the world was that all about? And for the first of many times, I said, don't tell mom. <laughs> And I thought, I hope he doesn't speak till he's 10, because I, I know the first words are going to be, look, look what Dad did to me. <laughs> but but God, God took this baby, and he... How could he? How could he do that? You know what I'm saying? and then put him there it was prophesied he'd be born in a manger this was no, this was no surprise to God and he put him there he put him there in that manger I'm going to guess that there's no woman in this room ever wanted their baby to be born in a barn you ever seen the feeding trough? I know we see that sweet little thing. It's not a sweet little thing. It's nasty. Food is put in there. Cows and horses and donkeys and mules, they slobber as they eat and they regurgitate and they slobber and eat and slobber and eat and, and slobber and eat and slobber and eat. <laughs> 
and then the baby's put there. That moment in heaven, in the crown jewel of heaven, the Prince of Peace, heaven called him wonderful. What a perspective from heaven's point of view. And they put him in the manger, and there are angels with trumpets and singing and a star. You ever throw a party and people just don't show up? I don't, I don't think all the inhabitants of heaven understood fully what God was doing, but there had to come a moment when this glorious plan, he's exiting heaven and he's entering that human body and that human is being born and the angels trumpet the angels speak to a few individual shepherds watching by night and there's several hundred million people probably on the planet in that moment and a handful show up is that crazy? From our perspective, it was just a manger. It was, in that moment, this was so inconsequential, it wasn't even funny. There were no newspapers, there was no headlines. If there was a newspaper, no newspaper would have said, Savior is born in Bethlehem this day in a manger. There were other babies born that day. And he was just one of them. just another baby but not only just born born to a lady who is still trying to convince her husband this isn't what it looks like I'm not trying to be funny imagine that conversation honey I'm pregnant but I swear No man's ever touched me. Imagine being Joseph, having to trust God with that. You know what I get out of that? I get out of this. This, this applies to us today. I get out of it that God is even involved in the mundane steps of life that if we're not careful, we can walk right by a miracle. All the people that stayed in the inn that filled all the other rooms, I wonder if any of them ever knew what was happening in the barn. And I know that the liar of all liars is always trying to tell you and I that God is not involved in the mundane, but I want to tell you he is that there are things happening that you don't even know. I am absolutely convinced for everybody in this room, there have been times the enemy had set up to kill you and you walked right by and it never happened and you won't know till you get to heaven 
it was that close. It's just a mundane. And I, I have another word of hope for you because Jesus was planted on a planet when we were at our lowest point. We had been hundreds of years without a word from God. We, we wondered. Ever since the book of Malachi closed, there was no fresh word. I'm not trying to be facetious, but for 400 years, ministers got up in the pulpit and said, I got nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing to share. Generation after generation is born, lives, and dies. And there's no miracles. There's no word from God. There's no move of God. There's no nothing. It's as hopeless as it could get. And yet in the midst of that hopelessness, in a manger, a child is born. For you and for me. You know what that also tells me? God is often at work at hidden things. And I really felt God put this on my heart this morning. For more than one person in this room, you think that God's not at work. He wants you to know he's at work. You just don't see it. It's hidden. It's hidden. It's hidden from you. I, I think it's hidden from us because we have to do some seeking. We want, we, we, we want God to be like Amazon Prime. You just click and delivered. But Jesus himself said, you shall seek me and you shall find me when you search for me. Sometimes, folks, you need to do some searching. Now is a great time for you to consider everything about your relationship with God. Do you have one? If you have one, are you, are you seizing every opportunity? Are you going after him like he's gone after you? Are you sacrificing what needs to be sacrificed? Are you going the extra mile like he went the extra mile for you? We can't just sit back and hope that pastor has a word or turn on the radio and get a word from God. The best place you can get a word from God is from God himself. Where you intentionally and purposefully shut everything else out. You engage God. I think about what a gift that Jesus was on, on Christmas morning and yet all the time God sees you and I as the gift that he was attempting to receive. I can't get my head around that. I don't see a gift. Can anybody else relate? I don't see a gift. I see me. And yet God saw a gift in every one of us. God literally looked down through time at each one of us and he said this, I would rather my son died than that I spend an attorney without these people. He sees a gift. Not just a gift, but in, in Romans 5 and 8. It says this, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, 
Christ died for us. Now, not when we were at our best. Not when everything was going good. Not when everything was going right. But while we were yet sinners. Are you not getting that? While we were yet sinners. While we were yet sinners. He looked at us and died for us. While we were yet sinners. While we were yet sinners. When you and I were at our very worst. God said your worst is not worse than my best. And if I, I, could, I could tell the whole world this one truth. I would tell him, just come. You can come to him angry, but come. You can come to him with a head full of questions, but come. You can come to him with a heart full of doubt, but come. You can come to him depressed, but come. You can come to him with your life a mess, but come. You can come moments after you've shot up, but come. You can come to him with alcohol on your breath, but come. You can come after crawling out of a bed you never should have been in in the first place, but just come to him. Because when everything is said and done, the only question that faces each of us individually will be God asking, I put my son in that dirty, nasty manger for you. What did you do with that? What did you do with that? Did you squander that? Did you shuff it off? Did you live your life the way you wanted to? What did you do about the baby in a manger? Would you stand to your feet this morning? That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, G-O-D-E-N-C. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounters.